What's a pipe dream for some is a pipe nightmare for others. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. When you think pipeline, what comes to mind? Probably oil or natural gas, right? Well, now companies are working on pipelines to transport carbon dioxide long distances so that it can be stored underground. And one project, the Navigator CO2 pipeline, has its eyes set on central Illinois. That's because deep below the Earth's surface in that area of the state, you'll find sandstone. Supporters of carbon capture technology say the porous rock is the perfect place to store CO2, preventing it from being released into the atmosphere where it would increase global warming. To understand this proposed pipeline further, we're joined by Chicago Tribune clean energy and environment reporter Nara Schoenberg, who's been covering the project. Nara, I want to first walk through the basics of how this technology works and why Illinois is being highlighted as a place for it. Tell us more. Right. So carbon capture, in theory at least, I think everyone agrees is a great idea. You're taking carbon dioxide that warms the planet, and instead of releasing it into the air from a, often a industrial plant or a power plant, you're capturing it and compressing it and liquefying it and putting it underground where it can't warm the atmosphere. Um, so that that's the basic concept. Okay. And we're talking about pipelines that would do that through our region. What is it about the geology of our state, specifically it's sandstone, that is getting proponents of the technology so excited? Yeah, sandstone is a really good medium for storing carbon dioxide. Um, the two words are porous and permeable, and porous means it has space to hold the carbon dioxide when it's injected deep underground. And permeable means the carbon dioxide can travel through the rock and cover a large area, so you can store a lot of the carbon dioxide. You write that the Navigator CO2 pipeline could bring millions of tons of carbon dioxide to our state. Now, if it were to be pumped down into the ground, what happens to it? Does it just sit there forever? That That's the hope, or at least for 5,000 years, so for a very long time. Um, there is some concern that it might leak, which could potentially contaminate drinking water uh, or release harmful gases into the air that people would then breathe. Hmm. Who's behind this specific pipeline proposal? Uh, this is Navigator CO2. They're uh, Omaha-based, and they're one of two companies that's proposing a big carbon dioxide pipeline in Illinois. And uh, they've just made, you know, their proposal. It's not, it's not underway yet. But uh, they're trying to get easements to land so they can run their pipelines under people's land. Do they have anything to say about the safety and, and feasibility of the project? Yeah, they, they say that they're, um, they've learned a lot of lessons from the industry. And this will be a state-of-the-art pipeline, as safe as it can possibly be. And that carbon dioxide has already been stored underground in Decatur, Illinois, which is true, not as big an amount as they're talking about, and not yet for as long a time, but there is a precedent there. But I understand the, the company is also seeking an expedited permit from the Army Corps of Engineers, trying to fast track the project, essentially. What's going on with that? Well, they, they 
have started the process of trying to get a permit from the Army Corps of Engineers, and the Corps looks at waterways and whether it's okay for the environment and other factors to have this project crossing waterways. So they the navigator has applied under the nationwide permit system, which is kind of fast-tracked, and that helps businesses get things done in a way that makes sense for them economically. But environmentalists say this really isn't the right place for the fast-track system because this pipeline is so big, because in a lot of ways we're in uncharted territory. Uh, we should have the fullest possible look at the pipeline from the core as well as from other people. So there are environmentalists who say, um, let's not do this mm -hmm. as a fast track permit. Let's do this as a regular permit. So what's the current status of the Navigator CO2 pipeline? Right now, um, the, the core still hasn't decided whether they'll consider the pipeline under the fast track permit or under the slower permit. And there are also other hurdles that Navigator has to get over. One of them would be the Illinois Commerce Commission would have to approve this project. And so far, that has been a pretty comprehensive process. And another hurdle is that they have to get easements to the land that people are, you know, now own that the pipeline would go under. And they have gotten some resistance there. Remind us, Nara, how did we learn about this story in the first place a few months ago? This has been going on for a while. Actually, Navigator started trying to get land, easements to land, I think in December of 2021. But environmentalists really ramped up their, uh, their opposition more recently. And that's how a lot of people heard about it, including the Tribune. There are around 5,000 miles of carbon dioxide pipelines in the U.S. right now. You report that we are expected to see that number grow exponentially in the coming years. How so? And why? Well, according to a lot of projections, we can't get to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050 without carbon capture. So there, you know, there's some debate on that, but I think that's the mainstream view. And then the question is, what do we do with that carbon once we get it? Because it's not enough to capture it. You need to keep it out of the atmosphere. So the the obvious answer at this point would be to store it underground. Mm -hmm. And you need pipelines to get from the various industrial facilities to these underground storage sites. Not every area is uh, suitable for underground storage. So you get projections like the Princeton Net Zero study that we'd have a really big array of pipelines in the United States by about 2050. Yeah. Um, Princeton says maybe up to 69,000 miles, and that's up from 5,000 today. Wow. That's a, that's a big jump. If this pipeline does come to pass, Nara, how much carbon dioxide could it keep out of the atmosphere? This pipeline... Um, has a capacity to capture 15 million metric tons per year. Help, help us wrap going. our mind around that. How much is that? 
that's that's a lot of carbon dioxide. Yes. That's Sounds the equivalent like it. <laughs> of taking 3.2 million cars off the road. So okay. it's it's definitely a lot of carbon dioxide, and they would be doing that each year for a number of years. Wow. Uh, you know, th- this project's got his its opponents, as we've talked about, but this could be a big moneymaker for Illinois, right? Yes, and pr- particularly for the plants that are getting the carbon dioxide and giving it to the pipeline. Um, they're actually, they're, they're federal tax incentives that could bring these plants, depending on how things go, more than a billion dollars a year as a group. And then they would pay Navigator to store the carbon dioxide. So we're talking a lot of government money. We're talking mm-hmm. maybe, you know, a billion dollars a year in just in tax incentives, just in federal tax incentives, just for Navigator. So there's a there's an economic impact for the pipeline and the underground storage. Yes. Yes. And there there would be jobs. I haven't at this point calculated how many and there obviously would be, you know, some economic benefits to having this in our area. Um, haven't looked too closely at that either, but definitely yeah. economic benefits. Yeah, consulting firm Industrial Economics put out a, a hypothetical scenario with five Illinois carbon capture facilities uh, employing on average 480 people in a given year. So mm-hmm. uh, give us next steps in the process for the Navigator Pipeline. Uh, well, Navigator has to clear the hurdle with the Illinois Commerce Commission. Um, it's uh, got to go through the Army Corps process, which could take 60 days, but the clock hasn't started ticking on that yet. And um, it has to clarify in Illinois what its rights are. It wants eminent domain. It wants the right to take land from people along the pipeline if they if necessary and there there are different things that would have to happen but potentially take the right to run pipelines through people's land without their consent but with proper compensation so um they have a lot ahead of them the chicago tribune clean energy and environment reporter nara schoenberg thank you so much nara This episode of Reset was produced by Dan Tucker and Meha Ahmed, who also edited the episode along with Andrew Merriweather. Get Reset in your feed every morning and afternoon by subscribing to our podcast. we got all the news, politics, arts, and culture going on in Chicago and beyond to keep you in the know. That'll do it for this episode. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>